Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm your host, Sarah. And this week on the show, we are joined by the lovely Adam Lance Garcia, who wrote the latest short story around Dexter Jetster. And from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. Adam, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, though. I feel like it's weird that you lied that I'm lovely. I don't know why you would say that about anything like everything else was actually correct, except for that one uh, adjective adjective. I'm a I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I know what things are. (laughs) Grammar, words, sentences, speech, punctuation, paper, (laughs) trying our best. Exactly. That's why we host podcasts, because we're not writers amateurs who like to hear our own voice when we edit things but not really but you write (laughs) things adam you wrote the veteran about dexter jester i did so exciting because i remember the day that all the fakpov reveals were coming out we were all anxiously anxiously waiting which i'm so happy that they like make it an event now and and waiting to see uh well i guess i say now as if it's going to continue happening who knows but Tom, when we got the <laughs> the Dexter Jetster reveal, I feel like that was the tweet that got the most engagement and people like yeah. screaming, crying, throwing up dot gif. <laughs> so exciting. How, do, how does it feel to like know that you finally have written your own Star Wars story and it's about a character that's very close to your heart? Oh, my God. This whole thing has been and I've said this in every interview I said it on uh, at the panel. It's also a lifelong dream come true. Like I uh grew up reading the expanded universe like and i still collect the the expanded universe I, i'm trying to fill some holes and i still collect all the canon books so like star wars prose um is literally the reason i started writing full stop because i wanted to do that uh so the fact that i actually wrote a star war period is insane the fact that i did it with like dexter jester like if you had asked me like when attack of the clones out uh attack of the clones came out that would be my first star wars story i would have not believed you um but it 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 feels really right the more um the 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 decision to write him uh it it just i i couldn't see any other version of this story any other character i would have chosen it's just surreal the whole thing is real like i did like over and over again it is surreal yeah, and you got to be on the at the panel like for the first fact pov, and then yeah. I got to watch you be on the panel yeah. for Return of the Jedi at New York Comic Con. Like that's, I think that's the thing that a lot of people dream of doing is like making having that like pipeline from fan to creator and get to like add a little bit of your own flavor and your own passion into the the galaxy. It's like it's just a special thing. Uh, yeah, I was uh, not unsurprised but pleasantly surprised uh, that Tom brought that up, but because it, it is one of those. I realize how lucky I am that I got to do this and I realize, but I also know how hard I worked to get to this point. Um, but it, yeah, it, 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 being the sort of like the fan who done good, who like actually made that transfer to like the other side of it, um, having seen it, it happen to others and now being on the other side of it, it, it is like, I, I pray to God that everyone has this kind of experience of like, I want to do this thing. You get to the other side of it. Uh, because it, it, at in every point there is to this entire experience it has uh, exceeded my expectations from just uh getting the email to uh getting the reaction uh on twitter of like wait you wrote a star wars and it was like wait it's dexter jester and then it was like wait like the response to the story has been so positive and just going through and like the coolest thing happened uh not at the panel it was after the panel where i was like standing around uh in another room in your comic-con and i saw like 
two fans being like, and they had the book in there. And I was like, yeah, you can come over here. Like I'll sign. Like it just felt so cool. It just felt so cool. It's the coolest. It's so cool. And at the end of the day, it's just an awesome celebration. You know, those two fans that love Dexter Jester and love that your your story in it. You guys, everybody gets to celebrate that together. And now we get to talk about it all having happened and all having read this story yeah. about how great it is and how, how also it uh, kind of made me a little bit sad, but also a little bit hopeful at the same time. Good job. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to jump back a little bit. And just ask you about like what your first introductions were to Star Wars. You know, we're, mm. we've talked about making the transition from fan yeah. to somebody who's now created a story in the Star Wars universe. But where did you get your start as a Star Wars fan? I don't remember. Uh, that's kind of the thing. It's like uh, I I'm 98 percent certain it was Return of the Jedi on VHS record of like HBO. Um and watching it, I think, on the floor of my parents' bedroom, um, that's, I think, what I remember. Um, but from, from my point of view, from my very certain point of view, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, I don't remember being introduced to Star Wars. It was just sort of always there. Um, you know, I was more of a, I remember as a child of Superman fan, but for some reason, like, Star Wars just became uh, sort of eclipsing like everything else. And I remember uh, picking up the glove of Darth Vader, which is the Jedi Prince series, because uh, I was like age appropriate at the time. And um, because, you know, I had the, the box sets, I had the, uh, you know, I still have all of BHS box sets. Um, but there was this idea of like, oh, there's like more, there's more story to Luke. There's more adventures with Luke, there's more adventures with Han. Um, and that was really exciting. And I remember uh, my cousin Glenn, I remember on this one uh, uh, family trip and he was like, he turned out to be a big Star Wars fan. He's like, oh, you need to read the Heir of the Empire. Um, and I was like, he's like, if you like this, you're going to love this. And from there, it was like, okay, well, now I have to read um, the Jedi Academy trilogy and I have to read, um, oh God, what came after Jedi Academy? But basically, I just read everything as it came out. Um, collected them as I came out. I, I, um, it, it's just, it's always been there. Um, and then when the, uh, when the special editions were announced, I remember I, that was before the internet. So I didn't know, I just didn't know it was coming. I was in the theater and all of a sudden there's this, like you get to watch the movies in the theaters for the first time. And I fell to the floor screaming. I was so happy. Um, and then my dad let me skip school with him, took me to, to go see the Phantom, uh, the Phantom Menace. And then, you know, I remember seeing it 10 times to my friends in theaters um, and my buddy leaning over me like, that's R2-D2. It's a robot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like I, it, it's just been such an ever present part of my life. Um, and then obviously The Force Awakens sort of like reinvigorated that, even though I was still like reading. Um, yeah, it definitely reinvigorated because I sort of I went back to Legends and read the Legacy of the Force series leading up to i'm like i'm kind of curious if there's going to be any give and take and there obviously wasn't intentionally but there's a lot of weird uh integration but so that's a long way of answering i don't remember and it's always been there and it's just been a uh, 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 the sort of keystone in my whole life i think it's awesome too how you were like reading the books at such a young age and that, that mm -hmm. kept sparking more curiosity uh, yeah. and imagination about star wars and i gotta say like once you start once you get your first star wars book and yeah. it's like it just sinks its claws 
into you and you just can't you can't escape it's like the sarlacc pit you just can't get out it's gonna digest you for a thousand years you're just gonna be reading and reading and reading and maybe one day writing <laughs> yeah I, I it was funny though i will say like, like it's curious it's even you know yeah you're right because it does get your claws there it's claws into you but like from the outside people don't seem to realize like what star wars prose kind of is it's um like even my girlfriend who you know read my story helped me like edit my story before he sent it to lucas uh to lucas film and to, to del rey um you know who is very aware of my my fandom and my passions um we were at uh, out to dinner once with a few friends and we were talking about the novelizations and she's like but why does it matter you already saw the movie and then there was like a record scratch like and everyone's like no you don't understand it's kind it's a different experience reading novelizations like things get explained things are uh expanded upon um and she was like okay nerds but cool (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's uh yeah like there's just it's not unique because there are other franchises out there with other uh expanded universes but there's something very special about the star wars uh canon uh novels and legends novels absolutely i mean you haven't only written star wars but you've had some other things that you've written like your graphic novel uh sons of fire and you have the the green llama legacy and so i'd love to know having that imagination as a kid and like getting into producing and getting into writing like what kind of led you down that path was it because of some of those gateway things like superman like star wars that really led you down that path forever to dominate your destiny or was you know what kind of played into all that um, I, I asked my mom, uh, years and years ago, like what I kind of did as a kid. And she's like, you were always writing. Like, um, I remember there's, uh, I was eight or so when I first started the land of nowhere, which was a story about my friends going to a hotel and finding a portal to a different dimension, um, and writing that and always writing it. Like, I'm sure there's some that's, uh, are still floating around my parents' house, like just handwritten stories and Marvel notebooks. Um, you know, I loved cinema. I loved film. Obviously, that's partially uh, because of Star Wars. Obviously, I was a, I'm a big reader. As my girlfriend says, I am a voracious reader. Um, and I I consume a lot of stories. I love storytelling. Um, so, you know, when I was, I did some uh, photography in, in high school, but I was always writing on the side. I was always doing something. I remember... Um, in junior high school, like I had this one English uh, teacher who did not like me the first year, uh, the first half of the first year. And then this, I, then I wrote a short story about a leaf about fall from the perspective of a leaf. And she's like, so went to my parents, she's like, I take like everything I said last semester, he wrote this story. This is something special. I'm moving into the advanced class. Um, and I was a photographer, uh, in high school. I was, and I'm, I'm an award-winning photographer. Um, so that's, decades behind me now um and when it became time to go to college you know i really wanted to do either writing or photography or uh or film and i was I, you know i loved watching like uh from star wars to jedi the making of star wars all those like special edition uh vhs's that we'd get um i just loved learning about the um the creative process like the creative process is the one of those things that enamors me more than anything else um i'm fascinated by it it's one of the the coolest things about my my day job is i get to talk about the creative process um so i went into film school and you know while i'm doing 
going to film school and uh i remember taking a class with terry winter he won an emmy uh, for so- the Sopranos while I'm in this class and just like writing uh, every day for a spec script, like every Sunday morning, just writing and writing and writing and be like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Um, but like, you know, not really knowing exactly where the path would take me. Um, so I sort of had, have had this sort of parallel career life where I've worked in production. Um, my day job is I'm a video director at Condé Nast. I do a lot of the uh, sort of Vanity Fair lie detector tests, um, I also have done, um, you know, the career timelines most recently with Robert Downey Jr. Name drop. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very fun day job. Uh, but like, I'm able to like, having done MS work at like places like MSNBC and, uh, Yahoo entertainment and even the Martha Stewart show, I was able to sort of craft and sort of grow a career in production in entertainment journalism, essentially, um, while writing on the side, um, like writing constantly on the side, uh, sometimes for a lot of pro bono work, a lot of the things I've done sort of like, uh, the green llama has been majority pro bono work. Um, even the, the audio drama that was, uh, sort of a self-published situation where I self-produced it and I self-financed it. Um, but because I had this sort of parallel career going on where I was, uh, proving that I could sort of work with A-list talent uh, and not be weird about it, which trust me is a, is, is a thing <laughs> because you, you'll oh, see sure. it like, yeah. yeah. Um, but also that I was also producing my own stuff um, on the side and, and sh- writing uh, work of middling quality, at least um, th- to get like, uh, but like doing the green llama in conjunction with working with, a brand like Condé Nast, um, being public about, uh, my star Wars fandom, uh, but not being like the, that's my only thing I do. Um, it's, it was, it, it, it got me seen. So like, that's a long way of answering your question. Like it all kind of happened together. It's, it's kind of hard to sort of separate the two because I was always writing while I was producing, um, like just in my twenties staying up very, very late and just writing. Um, and right now it's like where, you know, I have a day, a light day and I have to work in my current novel, uh, because, you know, I need to get it done. Like I need to work on it. Um, and it's, it's, I've heard of vacations. I don't take them (laughs) even when I'm on vacation. I'm, I'm like oh this is more time to write you know and then it's like oh it's like slow like it's so oh, yeah that's well writing is like one of the most accessible hobbies i think because you can yeah. you can do it no matter what you don't need equipment you don't need you know recording stuff you just yeah. pen the paper or if yeah. you have a laptop or a journal yeah. you can do it wherever whenever on your own terms yeah. so i get it the lin-manuel miranda i brought ron Chernow's biography with me on this vacation and i think it's a musical let me write this musical now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here vacation Basically. work. Yes. Yeah. Every time. Every time. And yes, I am the next Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Let's speak <laughs> it into existence. Get the coin, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, you're not just Adam Garcia. You're Adam Lance Garcia, like Lin-Manuel. It can't be just like yeah. Lin Miranda. Two, two you names. Know? So you already work. got the, the three yeah, names. I got the three. Well, I have to have yeah. the three names because there's Adam <laughs> Garcia, the Australian actor uh, best oh, yeah. known for such films as Coyote Ugly and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. And also most recently in Death of the Nile as the reporter outside um, the the bar that uh, Hercule Perot goes to. Also an episode of Doctor Who. Um, wow. So I 
Yeah, he's a, uh, trust me, I've, I've stayed abreast of Adam Garcia's career. Um, Adam Gabriel Garcia. Uh, but I have to use um, my full name because I'm generic white guy. Um, and if you look at us and I, trust me, this is true. I have a lot of fans around the world on my Facebook, uh, a professional account because they don't look close enough at the face and they're like, well, it is brown eyes, brown hair, generically white seems about, yeah, that's and Adam Garcia. That has to be the same person. And yeah. So that <laughs> is why I have to use the three, the three names. I love that. It's like free yes. marketing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's Adam, so, Adam, it's, Adam it's Garcia, the Australian actor, read his story from a certain point of view of the veteran. Yeah. It's out. I get so, it. I get all, tagged in so it. many things. <laughs> you, get, you got topless and coyote ugly. And there's a once like, I got like bombarded with tags of like this photo of him dancing shirtless. And I was like, I <laughs> wish I looked this good, but not me. <laughs> You're like, and and we'll respectfully mute that notif because yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> um, so I just kind of want to dive into this sure. story and this experience. And we've talked mm -hmm. a little bit about it. Um, but what was it like to uh, you know, get the ask to join this project and also to be like Dexter Jester, mine. <laughs> um, yeah, getting the it, it's getting the ask. I kind of had inklings it was going to happen uh, from a number of people, but the actual like physical, like getting the email, um, I was kneeling down under uh, cleaning up something, getting something from underneath my sink uh in my kitchen sink there was it was a it's a mess under there i was getting something out and then my uh my apple watch buzzed i look at it and it's like would you like to write a star war um and i i i just kind of fell over a bit thankfully again i was already close to the ground um <laughs> took out my phone and was just like i can't like it's this thing that i've been wanting and had been working toward forever just having that happen uh it was from El elizabeth schaefer um and who is a dear friend but also like just the coolest person i know um and you know having uh and then meeting with sick lane even like in, during that period of time was just amazing that like it I'm sure everyone has talked about this, but like Michael Seglane at Lucasfilm is like the nicest guy. Um, and I, it was really um, wonderful to find out that like both Delray and Lucasfilm had just coincidentally wanted to work with me. Um, and that like to take this chance on this, like, you know, I, I look at the other authors and, and from a certain point of view and I'm just like, you guys have real careers and like you're like you have like like uh like you're J jason fry and, and like mike chen and uh Alyssa wong just to name a few like uh, uh olive blake and you're like you have and then there's me and i'm like this new kid on the town I'm like hi um it's very surreal uh it's very it it's it, so like the fact that Seglane and, and uh, elizabeth took the chance and me felt is still amazing and why dexter jester um i knew that once I knew that even before, um, even before I knew that this was coming in, I knew that I wanted to tell a Dexter Jester story. And this is a, a story that I, I tell often and he will, he will not let me live this down. He makes fun of me, but my friend Patrick Willems wrote a tweet. Uh, if you don't know who Patrick is, he is an excellent, uh, YouTuber. Uh, one of the, like the, one of the top tier YouTubers in that he is sort of the YouTubers YouTuber. He does really intelligent 
uh, film criticism, but also does it in such a way that you're like, wow, you actually put money and time and effort into this. It's not just uh, a guy in his basement, like talking to uh, like uh, talking to the screen. It is an actual film production. Uh, it's really well thought. Like he's a, I call him a YouTuber's YouTuber because like the standard's so high. Retweet, um, retweet. Yeah, he uh, he posted something on on Twitter, uh, and it was Twitter at the time, uh, and it was sort of like Dexter Jester, a Star Wars story when. And I can't. I, there's two tweets. I don't know which one it was, but I've pinned them so I can always. But like one of them, it, I was just like, I was going to make a joke, but like, but Star, but Patrick, you hate Star Wars, and then it was a sort of like cascade of like, well, what happened to Dexter? after order 66 after attack of the clones and then it was this like oh my god like here's the story here's this like idea so when the ask came in i knew that like what they elizabeth said like you can pick a character you can pick you don't need to pick a story necessarily it all needs to get approved um i wrote back within an app like under an hour it was um because it was like the first initial email, then me just freaking out about it. And then her writing back. And then me saying like Dexter Jester during the celebration of Coruscant, uh, after the destruction of second death star. And she was like, I love it. And they signed off on, uh, she signed off on it. Uh, Lucasfilm signed off on it. They only had like one minor note, which was like, maybe like Dex can give hope to someone. Um, and I'm like, actually it's the other way around. Um, they're like, um, so uh yeah it's like i just knew i knew uh the like the reasons why there's a lot of reasons why uh jokingly it's because i knew that no one else would pick him but like there's a lot of like uh like i look at claudia gray i mentioned before like claudia, claudia gray's master and apprentice uh what chuck wendig did with jar jar and aftermath um i love the mixing and matching of um the eras i think that's the coolest thing about star wars is that it is uh such a broad canvas that you can sort of like bring someone over from the prequels into the sequels and back and forth and go like it's not just um you know it, it it's it's so deep that you can kind of mix and match these things um and then i just realized that like the more and more i sat with the character and the idea i found that there was a really interesting narrative and a really interesting character arc for this character that i think everyone when they saw it was posted like oh dexter jester this is going to be a fun happy story because he's fun and happy and i was like it, it didn't become that and but that was in that was because i spent so much time just figuring out like well what would he think and how would he think and why would he think that yeah. And also he's seen so much over yeah. his very long life and we've seen him pop up in other stories recently in other eras, you know, the high Republic and it, between, um, you know, what you mentioned, his introduction to Obi-Wan in Padawan. Mm. So we've seen a little bit more of him, but what are the, the consequences of all of these earlier, um, yeah. stories that we've seen him at? Yeah, it was, um, it's funny because I didn't know he was going to be in the High Republic when I pitched the story, because how could I have known? Like, I was still, like, on the outside, and I I, I mentioned it to someone, they're like, hey, I'm like, I'm doing a Dexter Jester story, and, like, you know, it was a circle of trust, and they sent me, like, a very early, like, like, they, like when they just got announced, and I'm like, 
that helped the story. It helped the story in a lot of ways. Um, and then there was also like, I, I mentioned this a lot, like uh, Kirsten White's uh, Padawan, like really helped me with that. My coming up with my story, you know, it, it gave me the opening line. It gave me his arc. Um, and I talk about this a lot, but like the, the more part of the reason why I chose Dex was I didn't have to sort of worry about like taking into account too much canon. Like I would have loved to have told like, uh, like my other option, I didn't pitch this, but like my other option, my brain was like, if they said no to Dexter Jester, I would have like said like, what about like, like Palpatine after he gets, he's dead or like, uh, an acolyte after he's dead, like, and his body comes in. Um, because again, that sort of mixing and matching. Um, but I was like, I didn't want to pitch that because I'm like, I'm going to butt up against like plans that I don't know about, um, storylines that they might want to keep open. Dex felt like a very sort of safe, nothing's been defined in this period, like nothing at all. Um, I could do whatever the hell I want with him right now because like the doors are open, but you start taking into account what happened in the aftermath. You start like, I originally, he was going to be in the diner, but you remember aftermath, the diner's closed or it's implied to be closed. Um, and so you have to take that into account you start bringing things in, in like the, the, the length of his life in the high Republic. Cause I didn't know what the story was when I wrote this. Cause I wrote this in October of last year. It's been literally a year since I've written it. Um, so I, the, the stories that came out about him in phase two hadn't been published yet. Um, but I knew that like just the length of time, uh, added weight to the things that he had seen and he had learned. Um, so the more canon I took into account, the better the story became because it wasn't like, you know, I've said this in other places where like you, you think like sometimes like if I can just do whatever story I want, like it's going to be a better version of that. Like I think they did that with um, Star Trek 09, which is a film that I, I really appreciate and really love. Like they said like, Hey, we want to do a new Kirk and Spock storyline. Let's just put it over here in this other universe. Um, and I think they like that's kind of like the best version of it. Um, and sometimes you see like with Halloween or even The Exorcist, where like we're just going to ignore these things because we we want to tell our own story that's set that's a continuation of this first thing. Um, I have found, at least in this circumstance, the more canon you took into account, you have to like sort of like, well, how does Dex react to this? How does how does he how does that affect him? Um, why would it affect him that way? It just raised more questions that added more depth to his character and things that I want to explore. You've talked quite a bit about like mixing and matching of like characters and eras. And like, we've alluded to the fact again, that he's in the high Republic, he's in brotherhood, yeah. he's in Padawan, attack of the clones, so on and so forth. And I think the mixing and matching is intriguing to a lot of fans to see them in different settings and uh, di characters in different settings and different eras. And we see that both going forward and going backwards. So like, for you writing decks in this new time period, like as you were writing it and being conscious of that, like what was important for you to be like, there is purpose in the way I'm writing decks and bringing him back into this era, as opposed to just bringing him in for the sake of bringing him in. Like what I want to make sure it has purpose and it has meaning. Yeah. And it's, it's more than just like, Oh look, cool character. Like what, yeah. what, what did that mean to you to be able to do that? I mean, that's like the biggest challenge. Like you don't want to just do it to put him in there. And there are like a good example of uh, sort of a microcosm of what you're talking about. And I feel like you and I talked about this like some separately um, or I might have, I know I've said it before, but like 
I almost had Weladons mentioned in uh, my initial draft. And Weladons are whales, space whales, uh, which has never been seen again in Star Wars. Um, they're space whales uh, that were hunted in the glove of Darth Vader. And um, I wanted to have that reference in there because like, oh, this is my first Star Wars. I'm going to reference the first Star Wars uh, that I had read. Um, I wrote it down um, and then I went for a run and I came back and I deleted it because it felt like that said something to me that meant nothing. And it might say something to the audience, but it meant nothing to Dex. And so many points in the story from all the things that I referenced to like the journey that he goes on, um, it had to all, you have to make sure that the story you're telling means something to the character you're telling it about. And the reason why I wanted to tell this story specifically at this point, because it's like, you remember what the last time we saw him in the films and it's like the, the Camino Saber Dart and it's right before the war ends. So what is it uh, right before the, the clone wars begins, which means the empire is going to, is going to rise, which means the Jedi are going to fall. Um, so what does it be like for him to be at the other end of it? Um, so it, again, I think it's like one of those things where like you, when you the moment you put him in this point in this era you realize there's a story for his character um so everything had to like sort of every reference every uh thing he goes through had to make sure that it stayed true to him his emotions his arc uh the um his internal life you know i don't want it like i didn't just want i knew i had to get him into that one shot of, uh, that was like the only thing I knew I needed to do was to have him sync up with uh, that one shot in Return of the Jedi Special Edition outside uh, in Coruscant. But like, if I'm going to get him there, there needs to be a reason for it that's true to him, not just me to be like, and now he's here because isn't that cool? That's cool. Like, yeah, it is cool. But if it doesn't mean anything to him, it won't mean anything to the audience. Um, and I think that like there are so many times like I really enjoy Spider-Man No Way Home. However, I hate every single time what's like portal opens. Andrew Garfield. Pause for applause. <laughs> I'm also Peter Parker. You know, it's like right. I do appreciate those things, but it's like I the sort of flip side of it is uh, to use another Spider-Man reference, like all the things you see in uh, the Spider-Verse films all extend and connect with Miles' story. Like, yeah, like, it's really cool to see Spider-Man 2029. Uh, sorry, 2099. I can't believe I fucked that up. Um, <laughs> There's uh, a lot. There's uh, probably a 2029 out there, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. like, seeing Spider-Man 2099 and, like, ha like how his story connects with Miles' story is what makes that story matter in the same way, like having spider Gwen in that story. And, and it, it's, so you can't just, I, for me, at least I didn't want to just have these things to have these things. I needed to make sure it in, both informed Dex's arc, Dex's life, his internal life. Um, and because then it becomes, it becomes something more um than just like um the, like a, a dopamine rush of like i remember this like it, it, it the stories i think that like linger with you are the ones that 
challenge you or like, um, you know, I, I, the reason why I think Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars is that it could have just been a retread of the things that we loved about the first movie. Instead, they're like, what is going to challenge these characters in the hardest way possible? Um, yeah, we got to finally see Luke and Darth Vader fight together. Like, that's the thing that we all wanted to see in the first movie. Uh, but now it means something. Now it means something real. Um, and that is a thing that I really love. I think also, uh, you know, to, to give you a compliment here, I, I think it was really effective. And I immediately felt the weight of what was, uh, you know, this moment for Dex, this moment in the galaxy. And I think if, you know, most of our listeners who, who love the books as much as we do, um, you know, who have also read the Aftermath series, who have also read Alphavet Squadron, know that it's not just the beautiful celebration at the end yeah. of Return of the Jedi. And, you know, everybody's a happy family now, you know, yub nub and or victory celebration, um, what, whichever your heart desires. Both. Uh, and Both. And, You're right. And, and scene, but there's more happening there. And so I think yeah. to get it from Dex, who we know as, you know, like we've, we've talked about has lived a very long life, has met a lot of people, has seen a lot of stuff, has, has met, lived many lives, um, in, in different roles. Um, kind of, uh, for me, it clued me into thinking about all of these other stories that I love within the star Wars franchise. People read the books is, is really it's kind of really my thought. <laughs> at the I end agree. No, I, yeah. I think that, yeah, but I think that's like the thing I love about Star Wars in general is that, yeah, you get the big old, like, end of the empire storyline and the big yub nub victory celebration. Um, but you know, from, from the beginning of like tales of Jabba's palace in legends to, to what we're doing, what we did with the from certain point of view series, you just get that sort of, there's more nuance to it. And I think that's the thing that I've always thought about Star Wars. Like it's a much more nuanced universe than I think, you know, we want to give it credit for because it's like oh yeah like this came down but like also what does that mean um you know i think one of my favorite aspects of the sequel trilogy is like this rise this alt-right rise of this sort of like uh like empire fanboys um i think that's interesting and it's it, it's I, I i think it is uh a, a significantly it, it shows that it's much more nuanced universe than i think we're uh than we realize I think another interesting factor, uh, you know, of this story in, in this time in the real universe is the kind of surge and popularity yeah. of the prequels uh, and of, you know, this cult following for Dex as a character. You know, <laughs> I love it. As, as a prequel kid, I'm just I'm just thrilled, you know, like <laughs> no complaints here. But what are your thoughts on the, the like the resurgence of the prequels? And, and what do you think it is about Dex as a character that allows fans who maybe have loved him this entire time or fans who are just uh, getting to know him and love him as a character uh, to kind of uh, follow him? And, and be interested in him as a character. Well, well, the first part of that, like I, I, I'm not that surprised uh, that the prequels have sort of had a resurgence because, you know, as Lucas has said, like they're made for like children, like they are intended for for young individuals. Um, and I think with, um, you know, having been a prequel fan when I was in high school and just loving those movies uh, and seeing sort of the, the, the arc of them has been like, yeah, of course, like, like, because we have the, they, the kids today 
kids, people in their twenties, um, get off my lawn. Um, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, kids, you know, people who grew up with the prequels, like will have that nostalgia for the stories, um, that were told then. So it doesn't surprise me. It's going to happen again with the sequels, you know, like for all the people who are like shaking their fists at the sky, uh, at the, like, you know, old man kneels at cloud that like, you know, this ruins star wars like it's the same thing that they said you know in 1999 it ruins star wars it's just like either you know you aged out or your taste in star wars is slightly different which is fine there's a lot of flavors in star wars it is baskin robbins of franchises um but i think yeah it's just it's gonna happen like there's gonna be a nostal a weird nostalgia like for uh Andor. I mean, it's, it's, I already have a nostalgia for Andor. I miss that show so much. Um, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like so, but like you know, in like twenty something years, there's gonna be uh, kids who probably grew up with Resistance, and they're like, I really want my Resist. Where's Resistance? Like, and they'll. It, it's just a cycle of things. Like in a real world sort of sense. Like, how many things besides Star Wars? Have we all been like, well, that's really, that was so cool. That thing that I grew up on, like stranger things that like this nostalgia for a, a thing that really didn't exist, but this idea of this thing, um, it's going to happen again. There's going to be like, we'll talk about the high Republic the same way yeah. that people talk about Zahn's trilogy in the exactly. 80s after, after it, a set of movies ended. Right. And we're in this exactly. time period where we're waiting and it's like, we got books. Yeah. We got books. They're here. Yeah. <laughs> and then there, there's going to be kids uh, who rightly will have grown up with the High Republic and be like, it never was as good as the High Republic. It's like, I mean, I, I won't disagree with that because the High Republic's amazing. Um, again, I like, the, let me just, I, I keep on having to stop myself when talking about the High Republic because, like, that's when, like, I go straight into fan mode and, like, <laughs> like <laughs> right I just, <laughs> it's just, it's so good. And it's like, I, I like people ask me like, what's the thing that I really want to do? And I'm like, I want to work on the high Republic or like, you know, there are other eras, but like, I would love to write the high Republic because I just love that era so freaking much. Um, and I am excited for every book. And like, now that like, I know people, like I, I get them early and I'm like, ah, I get the, I, I was going to buy this anyway. <laughs> like, you're like and i'm still gonna buy another copy anyway i'm, I'm gonna no because I, <laughs> I do like i, still, I own four like, copies of the rising storm so i i get I, it I, I get it i do i have like every single version of like every single book i have to talk to alex damon because alex has my copy of uh of rise of the red blade i still collect these things but like i'm waiting for the eye of darkness to ship in from like goldsboro brooks like from england because i'm like well i need that edition too um no, and but like then on top of that, like the fact that like the High Republic is just an era is the perfect sort of distillation of what I love about Star Wars. It's like it feels like Star Wars. It feels like the prequels. It's also, but like it's radically different than anything because like the Sith aren't there. Thank God. Like it, there's like there's just and it's so expansive. It's like it shows why I love the expanded universe without like sort of the limitations of the expanded universe, which is you know there was always the Sith and Luke and Han and Leia couldn't die. I love that. Like I can read this. I'm like, I don't know if Elzar's going to make through this. I, I just don't know. And I, you know what? I'd be sad if he dies, but also like, you know, that's kind of why I'm excited about this. Uh, so yeah, I have to stop myself because I just, I love the high Republic so much. Um, what was the question? Oh, and why Dex? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, I think, 
Dex as a uh, like has gained this sort of fandom because he's again sort of like what makes Star Wars Star Wars. You know, you have this Jedi walk into this bar, and then there's this weird, affable guy who like has such history like there's so much implied history in that one scene um that is never explained uh but gives you just enough context to understand who he is why he's there his relationship with obi-wan kenobi that you know the moment you meet him you're like i want to learn more about this guy he's the perfect club shitto he's just like i want to know more i want to know why he's there um and again, like he's he kind of has the perfect sort of length of like it's a two minute scene. Trust me, <laughs> I know it's like I think it's just under or just over two minutes. It's not a long scene, but he comes in, he makes an impression, and he leaves before it gets boring. And <laughs> it's he just he, he's just really enticing. And I think that's the best part about Star Wars. Like there's always someone, something that you're just like, I want to learn more about this thing over there. I think it's also like pretty cool because it it feels so out of place. Like we're going to walk into a diner yeah. here in the middle of our star war. And it's like, <laughs> it's yeah. very American graffiti, you know, but, like, yeah. this is like George's vision here, but it's like, the Oh yeah, 60s. star Wars, star Wars encompasses this too. Yeah. This is part of it. It is now, you know, and, and I think that's kind of uh, a fun element of it. Um, but yeah, gotta love the, the, uh, show that you're like, ah, there's something there. There's got to be yeah. something there. I won't get started yeah. on mine. We'll keep it in. Um, but I could. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the most tragic things about the story, too, is just the fact that there is a question mark from Dex's point of view on Obi-Wan and, and what yeah. happens to Obi-Wan. Because we know in Brotherhood, which takes place after um, the Clone Wars begins, we know there's that experience. But I think between then and and Obi-Wan's death, we don't know what could have happened we just know that dex wonders whatever happened to that boy from lenara we don't know if you know he had seen him after order 66 or he doesn't know if he survived past order 66 i get the impression from the story that he doesn't he doesn't know um what was it like to just write that sort of point of view for dex of like that unknown and he doesn't know what happened and maybe he feels some sort of responsibility for for obi-wan's fate because of what he the information he gave him I, that's, um, I mean, that's sort of like, again, I talk about Kirsten White's book, but like, that's like when I locked in like that, that was his arc. Like that was like the, the core of the story. His, that was the spine of it. Um, but like, yeah, to why he doesn't know it's like, well, why would he, how could he, um, you know, the remit of this is to tell the story of star Wars from a character, certain point of view. So, and I, I've said this elsewhere, but like, it, it does bear repeating. I think what I did was I learned as much about return of the Jedi that specifically Coruscant during this period of time. Um, I learned as much as I could about Dex, like leading up to the story. I read Brotherhood. I read uh, uh, Padawan, uh, obviously. Um, And like, I also read The Smuggler's Guide just to kind of get a sense of like what is canonically true for Dexter. Um, But then you start like, so you learn everything you can. You learn all the things that are true at this period of time. And then you start asking yourself like, well, would he know obi-wan survived like well the audience obviously knows but why would he know how could he know and then you're like well how does that affect him how does that like lack of knowing make it worse i mean i know people who have lost loved ones who have lost um friends and family who 
but they don't know what happened. And that sort of lingering like ellipses of a question um, is it haunts them and it haunts them to this day. And, you know, I, I think again, it's going back to what I said earlier, like the more can you kind of hit up against with him, it's like, you're like, well, how does he feel about that? How does he react to that? Like, what is that way? Like what would, how would someone like, how would you feel? And this is kind of the question I was asking, like, how would you feel if you said your friend came to you and said like, Hey, I need some advice. What do I do about this? And you're like, well, this is what you got to do. And then like cut to 10 years later and you can draw that direct line of like, they, they were got in the car and they never made it to the other side and no one knows what happens to the car. Um, did they die? Probably at this point, no one's heard of them. Like, you know, it's like, again, like you, you could say to them like, yeah, like I need to go to the store. How do I get to the store? Oh, you, this, 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 this. And then they never show up like that feeling is a real feeling that people have every single day. Um, so it just like, again, like you have to start thinking about like, what does he know? What, what would he know? How would it affect him? And how does it inform his arc? Um, like I, I have, a, there's one thing, uh, I got to towards the end of the book, a story where I, I obliquely mentioned Luke, like, and I, I sort of, I had a remit to myself, like, don't mention Luke, like don't mention Luke, don't mention light. Like, why would he know? Like, how would he know uh, who this guy is? Especially like, cause you start thinking like, well, he's, he knows second, first death star, death star was destroyed. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he? Um, but then you're like, why would he know? living in the imperial center where information is clearly going to be uh like modified like why would he know who luke skywalker was and also the other question of like well would he why would he think that's like anakin skywalker's kid like that like it just it does a, a like yeah like there's so many like things that you have to start thinking like the moment you you have to like the audience knows and let the audience sort of bridge that gap. But like having him not know, um, it just, it made for a more honest story. That's kind of what it, what it goes to. It's like, if he knew exactly what happened definitively, it that's just like me pandering to the audience. It's like, you know, so he knows. And it's sometimes there's like, you want to have that sort of, um, I think it's, I forget the exact term, but like where the audience knows more than the uh, than the the characters um that creates a much more interesting sort of relationship between you and the characters mm -hmm. why well, i think characters in, in star wars when they are at their lowest point are when they're the most interesting and i i think of dex the same way now i think of uh obi-wan or yeah. luke um, which is funny because they are all connected. You can draw very yeah. short lines between each of them and they're oh. all, they all let somebody down and they feel guilt yeah. over that forever because there are the unknowns of like, what could I have done? What happened to Ben when he left the temple? Like what happened to Anakin when I left him on the sands and what happened to Obi-Wan when I lost contact with him after order 66? Like, it's just horrible. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah, true story. I told Ryan Johnson that, like, I told him that, like, I don't think I could have written my story without The Last Jedi, like, because it, I think, you know, I feel like it's becoming less controversial to say, like, The Last Jedi is my favorite of the sequel trilogy, like, by far, and it's easily, like, one of my favorite Star Wars movies ever. Um, and I think it's because of 
again, the fact that it challenges the audience, it challenges the characters, um, and allows actual, like, again, I loved the EU and I still love the EU, but there's, um, the thing that I always struggled with, with the EU was that Luke, he'd be sad. Like, yes, Mara J died. Yes. Ben Skywalker is kind of a, a wet blanket. Um, you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like Chewie dies, but like, there's never this sense of like, he never really grew in, in as a, as a character beyond getting more powerful. Um, and I think I, I remember saying to Ryan, I'm just like, cause I was directing him in a video, humble brag. Um, and I was like, I don't think I could have done this if you hadn't done what you did with Luke, because I think it just, it, it showed me what you could do with characters in this universe. I mean, as a fan, um, just somebody who also loves last Jedi. I feel the same way about, you know, the way that Ryan like challenged every single character and the ways that each of those characters got through that. It made me think about Star Wars in ways that I had never considered. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that The Last Jedi not only like made me a lot of friends that have in, you know, yeah. in Star Wars and now in other fandoms too, I've connected with people because of it, but it's also the reason why I'm here on this podcast today. <laughs> Very literally. Like, <laughs> um, so I understand uh, the, the value of <laughs> that film in terms of uh, kind of challenging and, and making you think about Star Wars in a different way. <laughs> um, we've, we talked a lot about the, like the sad feelings, the heavy feelings, the, the bit of the despair and the guilt. Yeah. Um, but there's also, you know, I mentioned it up top, once you get to the end of this story, you feel a bit of hope for um, our young person. I I did not catch the audiobook on this one. So Vecan, Vecan, what, what, what? It's do you, it's Vecan. It's Vecan. The audio. I no no. Mark did Vecan. I prefer Vecan. I'm going to say that like author preferred text Vecan. <laughs> if you want to pronounce it Vecan, go right ahead. Like I, I'm, you know, like Han until. Han. Uh, exactly. I, Daniel Jose Older's gavel and just be like, Vecan Cannon. Yeah, Bang. no, I oh I, I do <laughs> do that sometimes. Mostly the most ridiculous things with Dexter. Uh but um <laughs> no, I, I prefer Vecan because she is named after my friend Kevin uh and his wife Emily Menez. So there's uh like uh, that's kind of what, like I if the 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 E sound is the same, so Vecan canon to me so we we get we get kind of dexter kind of talking to two young people kind of in this story so and i'm gonna you know ask you about the pronunciation of the other name because we're here is it uh camos i always pronounce it uh camos uh, but apparently i've heard that that it's it's uh camose because he is named after uh a friend of mine and twitter follower and social media follower this really nice kid uh i'm gonna i it's camos mills or camose mills and I, I, I just know him by a text and he's mm. always been like, he's the perfect kind of fan who is like, I don't love the sequels, but also I just like star Wars and I'm not going to be a jerk about it. And he's always been really lovely. And when I was coming up with the character, I was like, I wanted to be camos. It felt he, he has a good star Wars name. It's just, it's a good star Wars name. And I DM'd him out of the blue. And I was like, what's your favorite, uh, star Wars alien. He's like, I really like uh, Yusin Vong. And I'm like, okay, so other than that, uh, he's like the Chiss. I'm like, okay, other than that. Other than uh, that. He's like, well, a human. I'm like, okay, uh, alien. And then like, 
He's like, I like the Talons because that way I could like uh, keep my dreads. And I'm like, great, great. We're doing that. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, there's no, there's no, like there's no version of the story where I'm going to do a bong. Uh, like they're going to let me do a human bong. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So he's, he's based after, after him. Um, and I, I, I still love that he had no idea. He just never put one and one together until he read the story. <laughs> I love that. That's, I do like, that's a great surprise. I, there's been a couple of like people that I know who have gotten like characters named after them because they're friends or whatever. And I've recognized it and I'm like, oh my gosh, look, you know, <laughs> it's exciting for a reader. Adam, you had a, you, you had a Jedi as well at one point. I think I, uh, was I, it there, Mike Lanella or no, was it Charles or? No, it was, was it? uh, Justin, uh, Ireland, uh, wrote her into a heart, one of the high Republic adventures, uh, annual. Um, there is a, that's right. She's like, she's like on a couple of uh, panels, uh, but she's, uh, at a Jedi at one of the Jedi temples. Her name is Lanella K by you. And it's because Heather Antos, uh, she texted me and she's like, what's the name of your RPG character? Because like they couldn't find, uh, they couldn't come up with a Jedi name. I'm like, Oh, it's, uh, Alon K by you. Um, and K A B E dash O Y U. Uh, that is, uh, the name K by you has been a name that I've had since I was a kid. And it's been my role playing characters last name since forever. Um, it's also like getting to the weeds. It's also uh, my original character died, but now I'm playing the, ancestor of that doesn't matter point is um uh it's pronounced k by you and i will stand by that uh because when if it ever gets like i i i know but like that was that was the the, one of the weird moments in my life where like i was going on a flight to la uh for work and i was like oh i'll just catch up with all the star wars comics and i'm like and i'm looking at my phone because i'm reading them on uh, comicsology and then it's like i'm lanella k by you i'm like What's going on? And I was freaking out. And I'm like, what? And like, we're about to take off, and I can't like call anyone. I also can't shout because I'm like in an airplane. So I got, uh, I literally like, uh, I got uh, a Wi Fi so I could order like this just giant box of cookies to show up at Heather's house uh, because I was like, that's the coolest thing anyone's ever done for me. So yeah, it's weird. It's fucking surreal. I had no idea. No idea. And like, I, I was freaking out and it was all of me to not like have any of my role-playing characters uh, and my friends show up in uh, my Star Wars. And that's like a thing. Like I, I like, I'm now I'm just going to the weeds again. Like I, like I said at the beginning, like try to stop me talking about writing a Star Wars. Um, so I, uh, I gave myself mandates, um, which was like, I did not want to do just fan service for the sake of fan service. Like, every, like I've already mentioned, like I, I, I said to myself, like everything needs to extend out from Dexter's story um, and his arc and what is true for this point in the timeline. Um, if I'm going to reference it, it needs to kind of like inform where he is, where he's going, et cetera, et cetera. Also, I can't just put characters in there and name drop. Like I, I really wanted to like name. I, I can't because like my friend, uh, Chris, his characters, Eddie Konopsky. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get that in. Um, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, Alon, uh, and I, I was like, oh, like, I can have a character named Alon. Um, but I, I felt like it was all stuff that meant for me. Like, this is all stuff that's true for me. Um, whereas like Beckon and Kamos, like they felt like, well, these feel like good Star Wars names and they do mean something to me, but also like they just, they work, they work. Like if you had asked me 
right before I started writing this, like who would I name a character after? I would have named him one of the characters after my friend Jeff, who uh, is like has been my Star Wars friend since I was a kid. Like he's my best friend my whole life. I was going to name a character named Jessic after his first, like his name is Jeffrey Isaac. So I was like, Jessic, um, it, you know, and, but that didn't happen because I'm like, that felt too close to me. That felt too much. Like I, I might put him in another story or her in another story. Um, but I didn't want to just put in like all of my role-playing game characters because it's like, you know, that means a lot to me, but like, what's going to be more to me is that the people actually like the, the stories works, you know? And so, uh, yeah. Uh, I forgot what the question was. I'm just going off. We, you know what? There was no question. I was just excited about name pronunciations. Um, but yeah. the the question that I'm that I was thinking about, which we'll get there. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's all good. Yeah. I you, you're not going to see me complaining about the weeds. That's like I really love that. Um, is we get him kind of talking to two young people, and I think mm. everybody in his life, you know, is a young person compared yeah. to Dexter Jetson, yeah. right? Um, and I thought it was great to see kind of the different you know, approaches he took. Obviously he's telling Kamos, don't, don't do anything. Like I I've seen this before. Take care of yourself, you know, in this moment, you know, don't go one way or the other, take care of yourself, stay safe. And in the same vein, he also is talking to Vekin and he's saying, you know, there's more out here. You did the right thing in this moment, or you did something that was honorable and, uh, I, I see myself in you or, or, or I see a potential in you let's, you know, make sure that you're safe and, and can do the, continue to do good things. And I thought that that was really uh, compelling and interesting. And I just wanted to know kind of what your thought process is bringing in more young people characters. I mean, the, the thing about Star Wars is a generational story. Like that is something that um, one thing that I've never understood about some of the, uh, pushback people have given about the sequel trilogy is like well i want to just have more adventures with um and i had a fight with a friend of mine like years ago uh where he's just like i just want to like luke show up and like save the day and i slammed my fist on the on the table like that's not star wars um i because to me like you look at a new hope it is like the hero of the very first story of the first uh trilogy obi-wan kenobi is literally passing the torch to luke like a 20 year old kid um a 19 year old kid um and that's like what appeals to me in the sequel trilogy it's like it's race stories now um and i really wanted it to sort of mirror again this sort of it's like this microcosm of star wars to be this like this generational thing um that it is this uh like luke and last Jedi, like obi-wan and a new hope um this idea of rediscovering hope after everything in the next generation um because especially as i've grown older you know and there's so many experiences that i've had where it's just like everything is just going to shit like every every time like i think this big thing is going to fix things and then like it gets even worse somehow i mean look at the news um i i was young enough to remember when there was a uh, like peace in the middle east and here we are now um and you see those things and then you get really like drawn into darkness. Um, but then you see a kid do the right thing at the, for the right reason at the right time. Um, and yeah, it, you sort of have that hope you have that sort of 
rebirth. Because again, I think that's what makes Star Wars Star Wars is that it is a generational story. Um, and I really wanted to show sort of like even through them, like what the experience is. Like there are times when you're uh, with Camos, you're just like, I'm just going to go like have a lot of fun and like that we won uh and not necessarily like do this thing for the right reason and then you have vecan who is inspired by the things that have been lost um that is always going to be like fighting for the right reason um and i you kind of get to see that dichotomy and because again it's something that we see every single day like literally every single day um so yeah i think i those were all the reasons and more as to why I wanted to make sure there was like a younger voice. Um, because again, like I think uh, even when it comes to star Wars, to your point, like the prequels are being are really popular right now because uh, the youth of that time grew up with it and now they're adults and now they have this thing that they love. Um, this like the, 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 the sequel trilogy is beloved by younger audiences and it's going to be their star Wars. Um, you always have to remember like it is a passing the torch um that's that's real like that's life man that's life and that's i i wanted to sort of hammer that home i also felt like okay so i bought a copy of revenge of the sith novelization today that i found at the library book sale i already have it but this one was a dollar and it was signed so i had a moment um <laughs> i was like holy cow <laughs> but in reading this story it reminded me point being of and I was like okay I've got this book in my hands and yeah. I've got this book in my hands today and I'm like oh that last page of the Rod's novelization I got a same feeling of like oh, something more um, that's really which, kind of you it, 100% serious it's very <laughs> so, very kind of you uh yeah so I think that that kind of lasting hope or that lingering you know, feeling of something better potentially you know Hera's you know we have hope that things will get better and they will yeah um is so important. And I thought it was wonderful in this story. Thank you. Thank you. That's, and also just comparing me to Matthew Stover's, uh, adaptation is very, very, uh, that's, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, thank you. Thank you. Star Wars being a generational story in some ways, each generation represents a second chance for some people. Yeah. Uh, like Luke is a second chance and Ray's a second chance. And, um, but also like, those younger generations can teach the old generation. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm the older generation. I'm going to mold you into the image that I could never be. It's no, I'm mm -hmm. going to pass on what I learned and you can form that image on your own, but we can kind of work off of each other and make this work. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about Dex and Vecan is it's like Dex is now, I think in some ways like seeing Vecan as a, a new protege, like an Obi-Wan second chance of like, I failed Obi-Wan, but I won't fail Vecan. I'm going to pass on what I learned from that experience and Vecan in turn is going to teach me and help me find my hope. And I think that's like the beautiful thing about what seems to be a blossoming relationship between these two is like, they, they're going to keep fighting the good fight because again, things weren't just sh sunshine and daisies after the death star blew up. It's going to be a, an uphill battle, especially in like the Imperial homeland, but they have each other to get through it. And I think that's why like this, this story ended on such a hopeful note for me and probably for Sarah as well. And to that point, I think it's in, um, and it's weird. Like, I don't think I really realized this until this conversation, uh, which is shows you like how writing and storytelling is, is, is such a weird, like living experience. Like, I don't think I realized that, um, where it, what Beckon also represents is that his failure wasn't 
complete. It wasn't a complete failure. Like he blamed himself for destroying the Jedi. He blamed himself for like extinguishing the light of the Jedi that like because of him, everything fell. But he realizes through her that like, no, that still that light still lingers. I didn't necessarily completely fail. There is still hope. Um, Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like you realize that like there's this kernel of something that like you think is lost in the in the next generation Um, with Obi-Wan and Luke with uh, and, and Leia. Uh, and you know, with, uh, with Ray, um, it is, that is, uh, that's Star Wars. Makes you think of Samwise. It's like, there's so much bad that's happened in this world, but there's some good still left and it's worth fighting for. Like that, that's the moment for Dex in the story. And I think it was so beautiful too, how you, um, described it as like a star in the darkness and immediately like evoked that starlight image. Uh, starlight beacon imagery for me which like obviously dex was there and saw it fall right and so like he has seen the fall the rise the fall the rise the fall of jedi over and over and over and for him to think about like maybe that star is still in the sky maybe that starlight beacon is still there for me personally within myself and i can find it again that that was so cool as a high republic fan to see that and be like ah he was there and he's finding it again you know the hope yeah yeah the starlight beacon thing was interesting too because it's like once I knew he was in it, like, I'm like, oh, well, obviously he was alive to see the fall. But like, again, that's sort of like that sort of like the further you the longer he lived, the more stuff he sort of rise and fall, the rise and fall, the rise and fall to your point. Um, yeah, the star, the star thing. Um, my God, the amount of times my girlfriend and I like revised those lines. So I got to like say what I was trying to say. And I think that's something that like people kind of forget, like a lot of times, like it's not I mean, obviously there's edit- editing and there's um uh it's always going to happen with anything you work on but with uh with this story or with any story like sometimes like you write something and it doesn't say what you think it's saying um and we like it was one of the few like my girlfriend is a very harsh editor but it was one of the we only had like a few points that we were like we really need to like work on this before we send it and it was like that was that um the imagery of, of starlight and like all the light we cannot see sort of thing um that we worked on for a very long time that was a that was a contentious afternoon <laughs> it was worth it you know you. we got on the what on the but got on the page it was really effective so thank you um when maybe we've answered this question maybe we have but you know this is this is the kind of question that we ask so we're gonna do it anyway and if yeah. your answer is like i've already answered it then that's cool um but to kind of wrap up we we open with you know where did you get your start in star wars and we love to close with you know what does star wars and in particular this experience uh mean to you oh my god um i mean this is just a dream come true this is like this is i i mean i think it's been kind of obvious like how effusive i am i like this has just been uh, literally literally a dream come true since i was as 12 i think that's the earliest i can remember but like this whole experience has been just everything I wanted. Um, that Lucasfilm was happy with it is even better. Um, the fact that the the fans seem to really respond to it has been surreal and, and wonderful. Um, I if there was a perfect version of this in my brain, this is sort of kind of uh, exceeded it. Um, it's just because it's like 
at every turn, it's just like, this is exactly how I would have wanted it to happen. And I don't, I don't, um, try not to get emotional about it, but it is very much like, it is just like, this is everything I've ever wanted. Um, and like, as someone who the reason they write, the reason they went to film school, the reason I have this career, um, is because of this galaxy far, far away. Um, it's kind of hard to describe how important it is to me. Like I mentioned that the top of this, um, it's kind of my keystone. Um, and you know, it still is, um, not every story will, will ring true with me. Not everything will be my star Wars. Um, but star Wars, this galaxy, this, this, uh, playground that I, uh, this, the sandbox that I got to, uh, play in when I was a kid, um, with action figures and stuff and reading these books. And then now here on the other end with actually playing with the action figures. Um, yeah, it's everything to me. I, I, I don't know how to accurately describe how much this thing means to me. I think that's a feeling a lot of people share, uh, when we have, when they ask this question, you know, it's like, you can come up with an answer, but it's like, no matter what answer you have, like words still just can't, do how you feel justice because it's like uh i don't know kind of binds us all together and it's it's just yeah. it's just there it's it's omnipresent in our life um but thank you for like contributing your voice to star wars and uh to such an awesome important character uh especially as us who grew up in the late 90s early 2000s means a lot to us as well thank uh you. so thank you so much uh for our folks who are listening where can they find you online and uh what do you have coming up that you want to give a shout out to uh well uh you can find me on every social media that currently exists or will exist at adam lance (laughs) garcia just my full name uh all one word um what is coming up next uh some things i cannot talk about um that are not star wars related i need to clarify that um uh that is i'm yeah, God, I really want to tell you what's coming. I can't. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I'm also working on a, a novel and there's a, a Sense of Fire Volume 3. There's a lot of things in the works I really can't tell you about. Uh, well, that's but, uh, more reason to follow you on all your socials. Oh, so but I can actually, know. I can't, yeah. yeah, I can say that the uh, third Green Llama novel is uh, finally finished. Uh, if you want to check those out, just go to Amazon, type in the Green Llama. Uh, I would say start with either Horror and, Horror and Clay, Unbound, or the Sherlock Holmes crossover. Um, those are sort of written, oh, in Science. Actually, Green Green Llama Science. Those are all written to be like intros to the to the era. Um, and I just finished the third full length novel uh, earlier this year, and we're hopefully getting it out sometime next year. Um, that is something I can't talk about. Uh, everything else, uh, NDA, and uh, it's yeah. <laughs> That's such a weird thing. way to end it. Um, no, no, that's like the. So you're gonna have to follow me on all of my oh, social no, media all the socials so you'll know <laughs> immediately when those things are announced <laughs> it's gonna be very exciting let me guess it's a high republic surprise phase four and it's only dexter jetster books and you're writing all of them it's, that, it's lamella came it. by you and dexter jester <laughs> running around having adventures with any Konopsky and uh <laughs> Oh God, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And the, what's and, be, the uh, and the whales and the whales and the whales, and the whales. Oh, Bong, riding and they're all whale back. Dons. Oh, yep. they all back, all back. Every yeah. uh, all the bong. 
in the time it Crazy. took you to say that, I've pre-ordered six copies. <laughs> so. Six copies, yeah. And and the thing is, like, uh, uh, spoilers, but they're trying to get revenge on the moon that killed Chewie. Ah, oh, I knew it. <laughs> it's about time. We've been waiting. <laughs> no notes. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I thank agree, you so I much, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Adam. Uh, we appreciate your time, and until then, may the force be with you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>